Thanks for joining us for another episode of Cannabis Tech Talks, brought to you by PolyScience. This is Patricia Miller, Managing Editor for Cannabis and Tech Today. Today's episode features the legendary musician Carlos Santana. He's sold over 100 million records since his 1960s debut, but he's not resting on his laurels. He continues to tour, create new music, and is now selling cannabis under the brand name Moreo in partnership with Left Coast Ventures. We spoke with Santana for the summer 2020 issue of Cannabis and Tech Today, and we are just now releasing the audio. He joined us from his home in Hawaii just months after the coronavirus pandemic began. So sit down and join us, if you will, for this interview recorded via telephone. Hi here, this is Carlos, how are you? I'm well, this is Trish with Cannabis and Tech Today. How's your day going? Oh, thank you for asking. Glorious, glorious. How about yourself? Very well. It's beautiful and sunny, and I'm happy. <laughs> That's everything. <laughs> yeah. How are you enjoying Hawaii? We love it. You know, this is such a gift and such a blessing, and it's a miracle to actually live here because we we moved here in in March, like the second week of March. We got this house, and as soon as we got the house. Everything fell down and we couldn't travel anymore. So uh, we don't call it stuck because this is, this, I wouldn't call this being stuck, you know, being, being over here. I just feel really, really grateful. Cindy and I, this, this is a very miraculous thing that's happening around the world with everything. As you can tell, we're watching, witnessing the birth, a collective birth in this planet of humans arriving at a whole new level to take care of one another with grace, elegance, and consciousness. How about that? Well, that's fascinating. It's not a perspective that I've heard enough of, and I'm thrilled to hear that you feel it's a positive time. Yes. We, this, this is a 2020 is to crystallize our uh, priorities, our intentionality, and uh, to make the future now uh, be disinfected from from the the things that didn't work in the past. Gosh, I hope that's the case. And how is uh are people you know dealing well with it in Hawaii or are they feeling a little bit you know, I'm glad to hear you don't feel trapped by the travel restrictions. No, not at all. Uh, people are really free in here and uh, uh it's a blessing to be here because uh, people used to say since I was a kid I I used to hear people say Everybody wants to go to heaven, nobody wants to die, you know? Mm. When we're in heaven and we didn't die, you know? And you don't have to die to be in heaven. You just have to, you just have to uh, crystallize knowing that it's, a, it's not a destination, it's a decision, not, not a destination to arrive at making heaven wherever you are, by the way you live. How you think and how you uh, behave yourself and uh, you, the choices that you make. It's a decision uh, to, to be in heaven here, whether you're in New York, Santa Rosa, or Santa Cruz, or Kauai. You can be in heaven, or you can be in hell. Anyway, you, you, can, be, you can be in hell, and, but you can't be in hell in heaven, because heaven doesn't play that, you know? Uh, so we feel really encouraged. We, we have learned a lot living in, in this uh, island for the last two, three months, and, uh, and we'll take it 
forward in a positive way. I love that. And so have you been having to use technology to, you know, communicate with loved ones who are not there with you? Have you been having to do like a lot of virtual meet and greets? Yes, we did a lot, a lot of that. Uh, one thing that I learned because my, my youngest brother uh, passed, I learned that I don't need AT&T and, and uh, Horizon to connect with my mom and dad or loved ones who uh, cross the portal to the other side. Uh, you know, it's important to believe. Uh, in fact, this, this whole conversation is about believing, trusting, accepting, and surrender that with spirit. Uh, you're not stuck anywhere. Hey. <laughs> That's powerful. And I'm so sorry to hear about Guillermo passing last month. Um, that must have been really challenging while, you know, feeling kind of isolated from others. But it sounds like that didn't feel like a barrier to you. It was challenging because I wasn't there to bring comfort and uh, hug and... In, in, uh, to my, my sisters and brothers, I have four sisters and now one brother, I have two brothers. Mm. Uh, but at the same time, I have learned to accept that I am closer now to my mom and dad and to my, my youngest brother. I, imme I immediately visualized my mom hugging my youngest brother, kissing kissing his hands and feeding him chile rellenos and enchiladas and tacos, you know, mm. and the other side. <laughs> so my imagination, is very, very active and very vibrant and, and, and very uh, tangible. So therefore, I'm grateful to God that I'm connected with you because both of us are going forward with uh, what we're doing. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that image of your mother making food and welcoming him. <laughs> and kissing his hands, yeah. That's beautiful. Have you been able to... Like, I know you've got a virtual commencement that you're doing. Uh, I think it's next month for the USCLA uh, Albert School of Music. Is that something that you're excited about? Do you think you can relay the same message virtually as you would if you were in person? Yes, I love to encourage, you know, the, the students who just graduated. I always tell them when I do get a chance to, to be invited, I always tell them that I looked at their eyes like, shining diamonds, a, a river or ocean of diamonds with the, the promise to fulfill that, that we will sculpture this planet in life into an unprecedented height of uh, beauty, elegance, and excellence. People need encouragement, you know, people need validation and encouragement. People need hope and courage. Mm -hmm. You know, there's too much uh, in every channel promoting fear. And that, I find that to be very boring, predictable, and pathetic. I don't like fear. I let go of fear when I was a child because I eventually I got bored with the Wolfman, Frankenstein, Dracula, and the mummy. You know, I said, okay, this was fun, but now it's not. It's boring. And I don't like fear. I like joy. And so this is what I share with them. Go, with, go forward with joy and change the world. I love that. Is that something that you would have liked to have heard uh, when you were their age? Yes, I would have loved to hear that, of course. <laughs> and I think I heard it through, through the heart and mouth of Martin Luther King and Mahatma Gandhi and Dolores Huerta and other people who came before me, uh, Harry Belafonte and Maya Angelou. 
Hey, she, she graduated from Mission High School like I did, Maya Angelou. Oh, how cool. Yeah. Do you see a lot of parallels between what's happening now and that climate in the late 60s? Yes, it is. The hippies are alive more than ever, you know, uh, because hippies believe, before a lot of people believe, that we can coexist uh, with unity, harmony, and have fun with colors and music and celebrate. You know what I miss? I miss the the, the, the lovings that we used to have on the weekends and during the week uh, where people closed the parks and in fact they even closed the parks. They had tie-dye shirts and music and food and and, and again, the smoking weed, you know, and to uh, as a meditation, of course. Mm -hmm. And we were able to, as hippies, look at the future, you know, it became like a wave that all of a sudden you didn't see for a while. But just because you don't see the wave coming, it doesn't mean it's not there until it almost reaches the shore. Mm. This is the wave now. This is the wave that the hippies knew, the seventh wave of collective consciousness awakening. Do you think people are having a hard time feeling that connection because of the pandemic? You know, it's kind of... I think people are afraid to get too close to each other and maybe it's challenging to foster those feelings of love without being able to be physically close to each other. Then I say to them, activate your imagination and give me a hand or a hug. Right. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I wanted to go back to what you said about, you know, using cannabis for med meditation. What role do you think the plant plays in your spirituality? Well, first of all, it, it expands your consciousness. And, and most people who are straight, since the beginning, I always view them like those horses that have those blinders in Central Park so they don't get spooked by trucks or cab drivers. And so they, they, they put those things in their eyes, next to their eyes, so they can only see straight ahead. Remember? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, the opposite of that is when you take that and then you're not afraid and you're able to see the big picture. Being a child of the 60s, I grew up with Ravi Shankar and Jimi Hendrix and the Beatles. And, and everyone, everyone who experimented with uh, marijuana or peyote or ayahuasca or LSD, their music was different. You know, you can check out the doors and you can tell who was like a square. Uh, with all respect, and who was aware? Hey, square and aware. <laughs> hmm. Two different dimensions, two different frequencies. Mm -hmm. Square and aware. That's nice. So a square is someone who, it's me, myself, and I. That's what's in the big picture, the collective highest good. And aware is, you take a toke and like, oh, Ah, you know, you get to see what we saw at Woodstock, that we can bring the Berlin Wall down. We can bring the wall down and we can bring governments down, like Yugoslavia, Czechoslovakia, Hungary, you know, all those, all those nations became transformed by the multitudes going into the streets like it's happening now. And what made it happen? Consciousness awareness. You don't have enough bullets to shoot all of us, so you need to put the weapons down and either join us or step aside. And that's what's happening right now. Watching the world, 
uh, collectively, literally, thousands and thousands and thousands of people, France, Germany, New Zealand, everywhere, everything that happened in Minneapolis, I wish Prince would have been here. He had, he had the spirit with a witness how we are giving birth to be our nations. We are giving birth to a whole new planet of, uh, here it comes again, collective consciousness awakening. We saw that being hippies for a long time ago in 1960. And if, if psychedelics played such an important part in the awakening and that spiritual awareness of your connection to other people, why did you decide to leave psychedelics behind at some point? Because I needed to understand uh, discipline. Uh, I needed to discipline my ego. Uh, a lot of people were abusing their bodies with alcohol or this or that, you know, and I felt that I needed to discipline myself to attain the longevity that I have now. I'm 72 and I feel like I'm 17. When you see our band, a lot of people our age don't play like this with all respect to them. A lot of people, they're rubber stamping and just kind of going through the motions. We come on stage like a thousand lions ready to tear it up in a good way, you know? So one thing that I gained by spiritual discipline and also the knowledge of having uh, the hippie experience, I have a double whammy of awareness, you know? Uh, now I can, you know, light up or not and arrive at the same place. My choice to crystallize my intention and my, uh, my priorities gives me wings, which is like, imagine, imagine John Lennon, you know, which is, so I, I feel really, really grateful the things that I learned from Bill Rand with Jerry Garcia or everyone, Miles Davis and B.B. King and Tito Puente, all those things, I am them now and I carry all that information with me and I'm able to present the young generation a true tried and tested um, ingredient. And that's how I look at, you know, peyote or, or mescaline or marijuana. It's an ingredient to expand your consciousness to see beyond what, see beyond the indoctrination of being a wretched, little nothing sinner. Mm -hmm. That's the wrong uh, frequency because uh, it's what Bob Marley called mental slavery. Hippies were not mental slavery. They were walking or running around butt naked in, in hippie hills, you know, and I was like, oh, when I was a teenager, I was like, oh, these people are really free, 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 you know? Because they don't, you don't care what other people think. That's the, that's the mark of a real supreme artist, when you don't care what other people think about what you're doing. You just do it because it needs to flow from your spirit to your body. And so I'm consistent with this conversation and this uh, presentation. It's about spirit having its way over the body, not the other way around. That reminds me of something I've heard you speak about before, connecting to the light. Um, yeah. And is that sort of how you would define the light, is um, sort of a mind over body experience? It's a living entity, you know. This planet is a living entity. Light 
coming through the clouds as being as a living entity. And the more we embrace and accept that, uh, then we're able to be uh, value. You know, I am that I am, I am the light. And Jesus was one of the first hippies who were saying that, but he's not the only one. It was said before even him. We just follow that frequency. I am so happy to be alive and to participate in this new tapestry of collective consciousness awakening. We'll be right back after a short commercial break thanks to our sponsors, PolyScience. Every cultivator knows that facility design can make or break your grow. So why not choose the team with over 15 years of experience in the industry? Cerna Cultivation Technologies provides floor plan and architectural services, comprehensive HVACD equipment, lighting and benching, and so much more, all within your budget. It's time to grow your way. Go to Cerna.com. That's S-U-R-N-A dot com to learn more. I know that something that you talked about with your new cannabis line coming out is um, how you hope that it will help people to discover and shine that light. Do you think cannabis is something that helps people to kind of channel that and leave behind those shackles, those restrictions they feel in normal day-to-day life? Yes, anything that has to do with fear, doubt, insecurity, it's probably programmed in your brain, you know, whether it's, uh, people call it indoctrination or Catholic or, uh, you know, all kind, it has all kinds of names, but it arrives at the same thing. They chop, they try to chop your wings, you know, and, and all of a sudden you have to go through them to get to your mag- magnitude, you know. Uh, but God didn't intend it for things to be like that. That was created by twisted, crooked, twisted, crooked minds for the whole purpose of creating governments, nations, uh, concepts of being patriotic. I, I'll give you an example. It's very raw, but it's very true. Mm. Animals, whether it's monkeys or wolves or whatever, they pee on a tree and they said, this tree is mine because it smells like me, so don't come near. You know, so that's what we do with patriotism. This is my nation, this is my country, and love it or leave it, and, and, and they go to war, we go to war for it, just like animals do over their territory, quote-unquote. Mm-hmm. You know? That's an animal mentality. Even patriotism is prehistoric. It's an animal mentality. When you say, this whole world is my heart and my home, has a different frequency of awareness. And those people who think like that, that is more like angelic, arch- archangels and angelic, spiritual power reality. And so that's what I'm trying to promote, you know. Uh, I'm trying to promote a new awareness, just like John Lennon, imagine, a new awareness of coexistence in this planet where we don't have to be shackled by someone else's ideology or beliefs. And if you don't believe what they believe, they gladly send you to hell. Well, guess what? We're not there anymore. That stuff doesn't work. We're in a place where if it's not for the highest good, and you're not functioning with impeccable integrity, you are the problem. You are the enemy. Don't look in the mirror. You're the boogeyman. Yeah? Yes. I was thinking about your collaboration with your wife recently on uh, the rendition of Imagine, uh, which is beautiful. And I know that you're so involved with social activism and you're donating the profits from that to fight hunger. All of it. 
which is amazing and so needed right now. But I started thinking about kind of that intersection between social justice and cannabis, and they've been linked since the 60s. But now I think the industry is starting to become, it's becoming more apparent how inequitable this legalization has been. Like white entrepreneurs are are making so much money and there are still people of color behind bars for low level cannabis charges. Do you think there's a way for the cannabis industry to develop more of that social equity where it's something that's for everyone again and can be more inclusive of people of color? Yes, all the colors in the rainbow tell us the same thing. There's no conflict in there. Uh, cannabis is, what, maybe two or three years since they opened the door in Colorado? And I know the person who did it, you know, uh, uh, because his family was growing it uh, from generations of American Indians. This new door that opened up, it's not only to get high, but it's to become aware of consciousness frequency dimension in a different way. Yes, in the future, we will be able to bring restitution, solution, and correct the mistakes of the past with black, brown, and other people, especially with women also, because women of all colors have been treated not nice by the macho mentality over the last thousands and thousands of years. So women and people of black, brown, and uh, red, American Indian, this, I'm happy to say that I can see the big picture, and I see that in the future, everyone will be treated with equality, fairness, and justice. But it takes an awareness, you know? Uh, who would have thought, who would have thought that uh, taking a toke, what, what was it? Tune in, drop out, what was that thing? Oh yeah, um, tu- tune out, no, tune in, drop out. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. see, see, that, see that, that was the beginning of opening that door of awareness. Mm-hmm. Uh, turn on, tune in, drop out. That's it. Turn on, tune in, drop out. That, more than ever, that's what's happening, you know? Yeah, I think that's true. And I wonder why, what was your initial introduction to cannabis? Oh, this was going back to Tijuana when I was a child. <laughs> you know, people, people were doing it all the time around me. They wouldn't invite me because I was just a child, you know. But when I came to San Francisco Ground Zero for Consciousness Revolution uh, in, in Ashbury, things became differently. Listening to The Doors and, you know, Jimi Hendrix and The Beatles and The Temptations, everything changed. You could tell who smoked and who didn't. Mm-hmm. Because people who didn't smoke, they sounded kind of corny and sappy. <laughs> I'm not making it up. No, I believe uh, it. And people who did it, uh, like, oh, Ravi Shankar, oh, John Coltrane, oh, Miles Davis, oh, Picasso, oh, you know. And people who were squares, they were like, how much is that the in the window? Right. You know, they were like, damn, this is really corny and sappy, you know. Mm-hmm. And me being a hippie, it's kind of like a warrior, you know, you didn't want to participate in phony baloney, corny, shallow, hollow, superficial, uh, synthetic. We didn't want to be part of that generation, you know? 
And so next, you know, that generation started wearing Nehru jackets and, and psychedelic flowers in their bathtubs, and remember? Mm-hmm. Uh, so the hippies started changing the world. All of a sudden, everybody wanted to be, quote-unquote, hip. <laughs> you know? Frank Sinatra started singing, you know, uh, something in the wake, <laughs> you know? And, you know, as we started witnessing Frank Sinatra and, and, and other people, embracing finally, but first they made all them dirty hippies, da, 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 da. and then all of a sudden they realized that we weren't going away, like rap. Now rap is here to stay, what hippies are here to stay as well. So what am I talking about? I'm talking about frequency of awareness. That's what we're talking about. I've noticed that you have a consistency in your message, and I wonder if your values have changed over the years, or if you feel like that's always been kind of the message you're tuned into. The message is the same. You know, I was really uh, trained just by looking at them. You know, Mahatma Gandhi and Martin Luther King, and uh, before that, St. Francis against hippies. You know, you probably remember he and Jesus were the first hippies. You know, I mean, you can tell by the way they were long hair and sandals. Hello, you know. Is that what you would want your fans to take away from your musical legacy? Yes. Yes, absolutely, because when they leave the concert, they, their wings will, will be activated instead of being uh, trapped. You know, when you when you put a rope around the wings of a bird and you can't fly, you can only like hop and scotch, you know, jump, in, jump <laughs> up and down with you. So, Aspiration and imagination are the wings for humans to fly and, and, and soar in unprecedented uh, ways. I think that's beautiful. And lastly, I'll ask Carlos, why were you inspired to create your own line of, of cannabis products? Well, the main word is, it starts with an H. It's about healing mm. uh, in, in any form, in any place, any time. It's about healing, bringing relief from pain, you know, although I'm learning lately that pain is a way, a signal in your body that is announcing change. So wherever you find pain, it's, it's your body telling you, change, your mm-hmm. change your mind, change your destiny. You know, eventually, I swear to you, eventually, like my mom taught me, you know, she said, you know, if you grab this marijuana, this big chunk of marijuana, and you put it in this jar with alcohol and let it sit there for a while, then you can cure rheumatism, arthritis, and, and things in your knees and in your bones. And I was like, what? You know? And so my mom knew a long time ago that it's a medicinal gift from Mother Nature to humans. Uh, and we would use it wisely. I have to ask, if your mom was so open with you about its healing properties, were you able to be as open with your own kids about that conversation? Oh, of course. Yes. That's wonderful. Well, this was so powerful. I'm really grateful to have heard your perspective, and I think our audience is really going to benefit from that wisdom that you shared with me today. Hey, let's bring it back. Uh, Big signs, t-shirts, and everything. Yeah. Turn on, t-shirt. 
tune in, drop out. <laughs> I love it. I think it's the perfect time to bring that back. Okay. Stay fresh and thank you. <laughs> thank you, Carlos. You take care. Thanks, If you enjoyed today's episode of Cannabis Tech Talks, be sure to follow, like, and subscribe on Apple, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can pick up our most recent issue on Barnes & Noble newsstands across the country, or grab a copy for free on canatechtoday.com. That's all for this episode of Cannabis Tech Talks, brought to you by PolyScience. Thanks for joining us, and until next time, stay elevated. Hey, hello, I'm Tommy Chong. If you want something really nice in your laboratory, buy Durachill. I'm telling you, if you're not using this Durachill, you're not really in the pot business. You're just on the fringe of it. So if you really want to get serious, man, this is what you need. You need a Durachill in your life. You've got the technology here to have the cleanest, purest, healthiest product. I'm impressed. You want me to sell this? Buy it. Try Durachill or else. If your chiller's down, you ain't making money. And you heard it from me, Tommy Chong. Brought to you by PolyScience.